T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Like show business, like no business I know. Welcome into Second Amendment Radio of the Great Outdoors. I am Mark Cox, uh, in here along with Carl Middleman, of course. Hi, everyone. Yeah, and we are uh, honored to have Annie Fry along with us this week, uh, filling in for Mr. Bo Matthews. Yay! Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. here. Yeah, Carl picked theme music accordingly. Like always, this is Annie Get Your Gun. You are are like masterclass referential about all things entertainment, and (laughs) I am applying for preschool so <laughs> i i am like culturally in, in the entertainment world i am just not there well I, this is this this is second amendment radio yes. and the great outdoors so is that what this is annie get your gun is very appropriate today sure it's all about the themes mark it is and and yeah uh, it is a little later in the show by the way we are going to talk about ghosts we're going to talk about the show. It's ghost amazing. Animals. We're going to talk about ghost guns at some point. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So please stick around. We got a great show for you today, particularly about some very hard to find animals in the, in the specifically that have been spotted somewhere in the state of Missouri. I've seen one of these animals on the way back from Florida. Annie, you know where it was. And therefore, <laughs> I saw it, and we thought it was like a Harry Potter Patronus because it was a white animal walking across the highway and my wife and I and the friend that we were driving back with we what was that so could have been like kind of makes you like wonder Bigfoot. if you really saw it that you look at each other no, and you all confirm. three of us are like did you see did that? you see that so mm-hmm. and it, there are some in Missouri now yeah uh, good stuff uh g- glad to have you in here though you and I've been big gun fans for a long time right yeah, yeah. I I've been in a couple scenarios in my life where I might have needed one and fortunately didn't it didn't materialize where it needed to happen but uh here in the city of st louis in 2012 i was seven and a half months pregnant it was 4 15 in the afternoon cardinals game day game had just gotten out and i was getting gas at the gas station just south of the taco bell downtown st louis and i got carjacked and i don't know where people that's the one with no attendant the one with no attendant yes. i don't go that to that one anymore but uh <laughs> I mean, it, it's I've I've replayed that a million times in my head and and thought about it and I've have since had to pick a person out of a lineup from it. I 
identify the person who the detectives thought was the suspect in my case. And I've seen that man's rap sheet. And there's a lot of of gun-related crime and a lot of robbery and jail time that is spent. And and the truth is, is in, in, in another scenario, I might not have been as lucky as I was to walk away unscathed. I lost my car. I lost everything that was in it. But wow. uh, I had my life, my baby's life. And uh, honestly, my baby... I, Save my life because I'm a little precocious from time to time and maybe, really? maybe a no. little irrational in the moment. No, we never see that around here. No. Ever. I keep that off the no, air. Thank you. We appreciate that. I only, yeah. I, that's, that's, only, <laughs> that's only my private life or if I'm being carjacked. But I was seven and a half months pregnant and I had, it was April and I had the windows down. It was like one of the first beautiful April spring days. So I had the car windows down on the driver's side and on the passenger side and the fuel uh tank was on the passenger side so i was fueling up over there and the guy jumped in my car from the other side i leaned into the passenger side i was screaming at him to get out of my car which is stupid because i was like halfway in the car yelling at him and he drove away he didn't attack me or pull me in he could have and in what seemed like an enormous amount of time but was probably a grand total of maybe 12 to 15 seconds I realized there was another man in the car that pulled up on the other side of the tank, um, of the the pump, I should say. So there was another party here that could push me in or could hurt me or something. And um, he could drive off and I'd be half in and I'm pregnant. I've got a life growing inside of me. I had to back off. And I think that that might have kept me from going too far in that moment. Well, and this was 10 years ago. They just started like publicizing this like four or five months ago that this started up again. Yeah. Right. A lot more than well, it did. Well, you're lucky it happened in 2012. They prosecuted in that case. Now we have a prosecutor in the city that just ignores things like that. Mm-hmm. So you you might not have even mm-hmm. been able to, needed to go identify somebody in a lineup. You know, I think the interesting thing, too, about being somebody, especially if, for people who are unfamiliar with me, I live in the state of Illinois. We have uh, every possible roadblock block that can be put up in, in between the individual and their Second Amendment rights, those those regulations and, and, and roadblocks exist. But the thing that I learned after that particular instance was, you know, I was freaking out because he had my purse, he had my wallet, he had my address, lo- yeah, my everything. address, my, mm-hmm. my kids, pictures of my you children and everything. The locks. And the detectives, were, we did change the locks, but the detectives were like, we understand why you're freaked out about this. But we're going to be honest. They stole your car. If you had, if you had twenty bucks in your car and something that they could sell at the pawn shop, so that they could get their next fix, that's what they wanted. They're not going to your house. And they, they, they don't, they don't care about you. They don't care about your car. They don't care about your things. They want what they can access immediately in your car, and they are willing to do whatever it takes to get that. And if they are that, if if these criminals are that not concerned with what would happen to my life, that's why I want a gun. Exactly. That's why I need to know, that's why I have my concealed and carry permit. As hard as Illinois makes it, as expensive as Illinois has made it, that's why for me it's important that I can protect myself because there are too many people out there who have zero value for life. I value my life. I valued, at the time, the life that was growing inside me. I value the lives of my family, and I will happily use that gun if that means that I protect 
myself and the people well, in my life. And speaking of those challenges, we're going to talk to Richard Pearson from the Illinois State Rifle Association a little later. And I'm sure that he's got plenty of stories like that where people have suddenly found themselves motivated to mm-hmm. protect themselves. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, there are entities like the Illinois Rifle Association that are fighting against the machine in the state of Illinois, but that's a huge machine. And it is a yeah. relentless machine and it is a well-funded, well-oiled machine. But there, I mean... In in our vocal reach right now, there's a lot of Second Amendment supporters oh, in the yeah. state of Illinois. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. Well, and I'm and I'm glad to hear that too, right? Because here's the thing about it: the, the beauty of the Second Amendment is that they also have a lot of court victories, which mm-hmm. is why you have the rights you have in Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. Where they had to force them to start allowing people to get concealed carry a few years ago. They had to go to court to do that. Yeah, in America, it's really upside down. In, in the state of Illinois. We do have a Second Amendment. We do actually, folks in Illinois, just a reminder, we do get to partake in the same Constitution that the free folks in Missouri do. Uh, that document does apply to us as well. Uh, but the machine, like I was saying, has been ha- has been well greased for a long time. Um, and it is important to get to know who's fighting those legal battles in the state of Illinois. And, and if you can, support them. Sure. Because they're they're fighting on the behalf of all of us. Yeah, we'll we'll tell you a little more about how you can support the Illinois Rifle Association. Who who do you work with in Illinois? Uh, uh, I really really uh, used to be partners on the show with STS Armory in, in Pontude Beach, mm-hmm. and uh, well, we'd love to have them come back on the show. But they're great people, Katie and Jesse. There, um, it's super easy to get to on one eleven right off of two seventy, and they really know their stuff. And the, I've I've had several people in my personal life who have gone to STS, and some of them are collectors. They know exactly what they want. <laughs> yep. They walk in and there it is. I, this is what I want. Can you get it for me? Yes, go. Um, but I've also gone with a family member who's never bought a handgun before, had a rifle that was his dad's who's long past, you know, that was shoot groundhogs with it on the farm. Right. But they wanted a handgun because the world is in, we're in a situation where it might be good to have a handgun around and to know how to use it. But didn't feel comfortable, almost felt a little intimidated to walk into a gun store and be like, I don't know, I need a I need a gun. That's a pretty broad question. But if you don't <laughs> right. know what you're talking about, you need to go to someone yes. you can trust. And Katie, uh, Katie and Jesse at STS, they respect that person for coming in and, and they will walk you through the whole process in Illinois because it is it is a process. It's true. It's unfortunate. It's true. We're going to talk about uh, deer hunting coming up here uh, shortly. Illinois still shotgun only, right, for deer? I think I talked to Jared about that um, recently. I feel like, I don't want to give false information, that potentially there think, might be a rifle that has been introduced oh, to the Oh, really? Scenario. Okay, Maybe. interesting. I don't know. So a maybe teaser for the next time I'm on the show. Yeah, I, I did go deer hunting in <laughs> Illinois a few years back, and yeah. I remember at that point it was shotgun only. So, uh, but What about uh, bow, since bow's not here? Can you bow hunt? <laughs> you can. I'm sure you can. The they deer that's that. in our yeah. freezer right now was a bow deer. So, yeah. Nice. Good. What's your favorite part of venison? Do you, do you enjoy it yourself? Deer, deer sausage is as like, far as I go. Is that about it? Yeah. yeah. I get it. We have a lot of that in the freezer. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to KMOX on this first day of May. Yeah. This is your first time on KMOX. As far as I know. Yeah. I, I think they used to stream my show during Cardinals Day games. And, people, <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because people on Twitter are like, 
Who's this Annie Fry person? I'm trying to listen to Rush Limbaugh or something at the time. I'm like, hi. <laughs> Just give it a try. That's great. That's great. Lucky to have Annie Fry with us from the Annie Fry Show at 97.1, uh, noon to 3 every day. And, of course, uh, you can hear me in the morning, zero ninety seven one as well. Uh, fill them in today for the vacationing Bo Matthews, who will uh, be back with us He's uh, on 11 week. to 2 on KMOX on St. Louis Talks. Absolutely. Coming up, um, there's been a rare sighting. Somebody actually caught it on video, something you don't see very often. A Republican in Illinois. Could have been that. That could have been it. I'm talking about no. wildlife in this case in somewhere in Missouri. We're going to be back on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. song to bring us back in here on the Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox along with you. Of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Bo Matthews has the uh, the weekend off, and we great. We got Annie Fry to fill in with us yep. today. Thank Super you. Super glad to be here. Like I said, I can't do the Bo Matthews thing, <laughs> but I'll try my hardest to not screw up the Annie Fry oh, thing. Oh, it's great. We love having you on here. You know, Ghostbusters, we're talking about, we've heard, we've heard stories about things called ghost guns. Have <laughs> you ever heard of a ghost deer? Apparently, I don't like those. <laughs> apparently, that's a problem uh, in some places. Actually, they are albino deer that have been spotted. And we've got uh, Francis Skaliski joining us right now, media specialist with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Francis, welcome into the show. How are you? Glad to be with you guys. I'm doing fine. And, and I would say you said they're a problem. No, Though they're not a problem, they're just... <laughs> something that happens in Missouri's deer herd but we'll get to that so freaky yeah well yeah not a problem just unless you see something one. <laughs> very unusual I mean I, I'm I'm a deer hunter I've, I've been hunting deer for years and years I know Annie's uh, husband yep. hunts deer over in Illinois a lot I've never seen one so uh, they, they must be fairly rare tell us what we're dealing with here 
Well, it's just a, a, a genetic condition in deer where they lack melanin, the, 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 the gene that gives them color, the, the, the body component that gives them color. Um, they're somewhere between 1 in 20,000 and 1 in 30,000 deer are albinos. Our figures, by our, I say in Missouri, we say 1 in 30,000. I've actually did a little research in other states. There's some numbers that say 1 in 20,000, but whatever fraction you use, it's pretty rare. However, when you have over a million deer in Missouri, which we do, we do get reports of albino deer on a somewhat regular basis, and by say somewhat, I have a woman in here down here in southwest Missouri where I work, and she has sworn me to secrecy, but uh, she has shown me photos. She too has an albino deer uh, around her place. So uh, they, this this particular one, what what you're referencing, that was seen near Marshfield, and it was actually has been seen several times since last fall. Um, you know, if they can reach adulthood, they seem to live somewhat normal lives. And why I say if, the biggest problem an albino, any animal has, deer, because albinism happens in all types of wildlife. And the biggest problem they have is uh, hiding. Uh, they're, they're obviously more uh, prone to predation because they're more easily seen by predators. But if they can make it to adulthood, they seem to live somewhat normal lives and uh, you know they're just an, an an unusual deer so francis is zanny fry is there any special protection that is offered to to albino deer is if if you come into contact one and you're out hunting and it's hunting season fire away no in in, in missouri no there's no special like hunting protection there's there's two schools of thought with that and he is number on the one hand you have people who think this is a uh, you know a, a very unique deer in the wild i love to see it in the wild from a hunting standpoint there's an uh, another thought that this would be a once in a lifetime harvest i mean it's not every time you have a chance to harvest an albino deer that would mm. make a very unique taxidermy mount both of them are equally right uh you know as as long as you have the the proper permits and everything like that to to hunt a deer you're you're allowed to to, to take the an albino deer uh but it's it's just like I say, it's just where your your schools of thought are in in regards to albino deer, and you know both are equally correct. Like I say, it's just it's just where you fall in in whether you want to you know hunt it and have a unique trophy, or whether you would like to see it out on the landscape. Either way is correct. It's just it's just your personal preference. Yeah. What what are you doing, Mark? What, what am I doing? Would you shoot it? Oh, I'd shoot it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, and are you big, doing the whole taxidermy thing, or are you just having? Well, I mean, it would depend. Stew. I mean, I, I it, maybe that's one case where it's unusual enough that you'd. Well, you're you'd shocked mount, as soon as you see it. You'd mount it at, even if it was a doe. Normally, you're mounting a head with you know with a rack on it. Yeah, it's real sexist. Well, yeah, that's true. But but that, that it's might the deer be it's, patriarchy. It's, it's unusual yeah. enough. Somebody <laughs> might even do a full body mount on one like that. I would. Think. I've Ooh. seen one. Driving back from Florida, I saw one in Georgia in the middle of the night, and it freaks you out. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta imagine that's gonna sit with you in the bottom of your stomach for just a minute. It looks like like you a know, Harry Potter. I, I will say, in in various Native American cultures, yeah. I mean, white deer, white buffalo, white uh, albinos of any uh, uh, type of wildlife. They they seem to have a a certain stature, a certain mystical uh, meaning to mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Well, there 
probably they don't have that, but you know, they're just a, a different looking type of deer. And as I said, when it, as opposed to the hunting aspect, that is just your personal preference. And you know, there's hunters that say, I, I, you know, I, I'd rather have another deer. So it, it's just all about preference. As long as you have, as I said, the proper permits and you're, you're hunting on an area where you have, you know, the, if it's on private property, you have the permission to be there, uh, it's legal harvest. And yeah. it's just up to the hunter's preference. Francis Skaliski, our guest from the Missouri Department of Conservation, I have to tell this story because. Uh, when when you have uh, albinism is what you called it, correct? Right, albinism. Yep. yep. Generally speaking, the the eyes are different as well. Sometimes the eyes are pink. Right. Yes. When I was the eyes are pink. When I was growing up in southern Ohio, I had an uncle that had a farm, and uh-huh. he loved to go raccoon hunting. Uh-huh. He had he had dogs. He had coon dogs, and he would he would go hunting. He captured several albino raccoons Ooh. near his home he stuffed and, those? He, and he stuffed them he mounted them right on logs <laughs> and he had them sitting around his house and i specifically remember as a child nightmares being afraid to get <laughs> yeah. up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because those things were see out inside there in the your soul when you were trying to pee as a little child i know in the the night. it's true i was terrified <laughs> of him when i was little that that sounds like that's truly an interesting wildlife story. Yeah, thank you. He had he had at least two of them. I I remember seeing that. So from the Department of Conservation's point of view, you guys uh, because you a lot of these deer get tagged in person uh, in certain counties. D- does the state keep track of of the number that are harvested every year? Do you know if there was one no. or two harvested last year? No. We, we we don't we we don't keep track like if it's if it is an albino deer if it's a melanistic deer which would be all black that's another genetic uh, condition that some of them have uh, we don't make any special note of it as I said Missouri numbers somewhere around one in thirty thousand uh, uh, but and as I've also said I don't mean to meddle you with fractions but I just did want to throw out there if, if you get on Google, there are some sites that say albinism occur in deer 1 in 20,000. And okay. they said, whatever fraction you use, 1 in 20,000, 1 in 30,000, it's, it's pretty rare. But but back to your question, no, we, we don't make any special kind of notation for it because it's, it's a legal harvest. So that's kind of where our classification of that deer ends. So if my husband just, comes just, home with this thing, I'm looking at it on Google. It is right. not. Well, it yeah. is. It can go in the freezer, but that's the only place in our house that it's not getting well, on the wall you, or anything. Are they okay to eat? It, right. And I was going to say that for the same, you know, like a a deer that has an a, an unusual rack or enormously large uh, set of antler points. We don't make any special notation of that either. You know, right. on the on the when we when the when the deer is checked in or anything like that. The hunter who, you know, who wants to make notation of it, that's fine. We love that people are this fascinated and this interested in deer in Missouri. But our classification ends of it, it kind of ends with the process. It's legal harvest. You know, congratulations on your legal harvest, and that's it. But I, I will add one thing that I was getting back to the deer you're referencing is a deer that was seen near Marshfield. And as I said, it was seen several times beginning last fall. I did a story about it with a local TV station. This other deer that I keep referencing, it's a woman from our church, and she's been showing me pictures of it. And she has said, you're not going to 
tell them about my dear, are you? So, <laughs> so and I said, no, no, I, I didn't think you'd want it to mention because, as I said, she has shown me pictures. It, it's and the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to leak out where it's at. Well, all I'm going to say is in Southwest Missouri. So yeah, yeah. that that. <laughs> And why I bring it up is, is in all seriousness, in a di- yes, they are rare, but at least for the moment, I know of two albino deer that are here in southwest Missouri, so they do happen. Have yeah. you heard if they're okay to eat? They should be just as you know normal venison prepared like you would any other venison, and they should be fine. So a little bit of white sauce, I guess you'd want to use. I knew there would be something. I knew it would either be white sauce, white wine, something like that. I knew there was some comment that was just waiting to be said. (laughs) From a distance, they're very majestic looking. Oh sure, like a Patronus. Then some of these are up close, and I'm not feeling it. That's looking into your soul, kind of like those raccoons. Yeah, that's house. true. Yeah, they they very much uh, they very much would be like that. Well, that's uh, that's very nice. Uh, listen, uh, Francis Skaliski, thank you for filling us in on that. I don't think anybody's going to be driving around Springfield looking for that albino deer, but we appreciate you giving no, us I some time. I didn't say it was in Springfield. Yeah, he, he, said, he gave a whole quadrant of the state of Missouri. <laughs> Could be anywhere. You see, you're trying to get me in trouble with the woman from church. It's Joplin. I would never do that. What no, kind of no, church? Yeah. 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 What denomination are you? <laughs> Oh, Francis, thank you so much. that's where I am. (laughs) You're welcome, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, take care of yourself. (laughs) All right. Bye. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to have a little bit of fun with it, right? I mean, that's good. Yeah, I'd shoot it if I saw one. If it was a big one. If it was pretty good size. It's radio. They can't see you. But you were grinning ear to ear when you immediately said, yes, you'd shoot it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's excitement in your eyes. Here's something you need to learn, Annie. When I go deer hunting, the deer are at a distinct advantage. <laughs> I haven't I haven't harvested one in a year and a half, so I'm yeah. yeah they the deer would have a decent chance of getting away. I'll just put it that way. All right. Hey, coming up, uh, we are going to switch uh, gears here a little bit. We're going to talk to my friend Richard Pearson. He's the executive director at the Illinois Rifle Association, and they have always got challenges going on with different gun control measures in the state of Illinois. That's coming up on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be. In I honor of our guest host so today, Annie I Fry. How about that? This? 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 Is this us? Yes. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. It's actually from Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah. She, yeah. You, which you've probably had your entire life being told about. I have not as much Annie Get Your Gun as Annie the Musical. Right. Carol Burnett. Wonderful, wonderful uh, movie. But Annie Get Your Gun, I've heard that a few times. Didn't you used to have a segment on your show called Annie Get Your Gun? That was something I did before I had a show. Oh, okay. All it right. was when I got my first gun. I remember that. I, I For some reason, that stuck in my Annie brain. Annie got her gun. <laughs> she did indeed. Shield 40. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, we want to introduce Richard Pearson right now, executive director at the Illinois Rifle Association. I've had him on a lot over the years to talk about different gun issues over there in the state of Illinois. Richard, how are you? All right. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. Uh, great to get you on here. Uh, uh, Mark Cox here, along with the Annie Fry, and we are uh, constantly looking at the gun laws in Missouri and Illinois and how they affect people. 
Uh, and, you know, I think you the last time you and I talked, we were discussing changes in the FOID card laws. Uh, yes. what, where does that stand these days? Well, I think they have been mostly changed. Uh, there's still some things going on. We're now getting uh, uh, members who have concealed carry permits are now getting one card. Uh, and it says it's a void card. It says ICCC, excuse me, ICCL up in the right hand corner. So it serves as both cards, and uh, which is convenient uh, because you don't have to carry two cards that way. Yeah. And yeah. those, and they are coming out uh, um, quite rapidly right now. There's still a backlog, but they're mm-hmm. still rapidly coming out. But uh, they're still getting quite a few applications in because of what's going on in the world. I'm sure. And uh, so uh, they're they're getting along with the with the process. The one part of the law that uh, is not implemented yet is if you buy a new uh, uh, firearm in the state of Illinois, your void card would automatically be renewed for ten years, and that has not been put in effect yet. Probably this fall or later, I would think. Yeah, I'm guessing they probably all also figured out a way to finagle more money out of you when you do that. Yeah, actually, no. No? <laughs> uh, well, well, we, uh, we actually... We're not supposed to talk about that, Mark. You're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, well, what happens is, uh, you know, it's a it's a, uh, it's a a fundamental right. And so we caught them on, on uh, charging for a fundamental right. And so now there are certain parts of that that uh, there's no charge for now. So... It's about time. Well, I know it took what forty years, fifty yeah, years. Yeah, I'm, I yeah. mean, I know I'm, pre- I'm preaching to the choir here, Richard. But uh, I, I, you know, the, to, to, being a Missouri resident, it's it's baffling to me that you have a Second <laughs> Amendment right to own a firearm, but in Illinois, you have to. We have a lot of those. Mark. You have to first go get a card <laughs> before you can go to a store and, yeah. and get a background check to buy a gun. Well, that that uh, that is still in court. We haven't uh, settled that yet. Uh, that's actually called the Brown case, and it has been before the Illinois Supreme Court. All arguments are in, and we're just sort of sitting around waiting for the uh, court to decide what they're going to decide. And uh, it's a hot issue because if that the Brown case goes our way, that means that uh, void cards will not be constitutional in the home. And if they're not constitutional in the home, uh, they're pretty much worthless. Richard, I'm, I live in Illinois and have all my, my whole life, and I have so many people who are connected to me. I have my, my concealed and carry license myself. Of course, obviously, I have the FOID card as well. But especially through COVID, it's like the whole thing came to a screeching halt. And it, my understanding was that in some cases, if, you're, if your documents, your ID cards expired in the last certain amount of time, that they just said they're just going to ex- – they just have a, a moratorium on those expirations – What's the right. case right now with, with the expirations on these things? <laughs> well, that's a really good question. The, the rule was, the executive order was, that it would go be 12 months beyond when the COVID pandemic would, pandemic would be over. <laughs> What's but that? I, I haven't figured out if it's over or not over. I mean, we don't know. I oh, mean, it'll depend know. on the election cycle. I'll just put that uh, Yeah, exactly. Well, it depends on the governor, probably, right? Because uh, Anthony Fauci declared it over the other day. But I'm sure, I'm well, sure Governor Fauci Pritzker disagrees. Uh, 
Uh, you know, no, 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 no one cares what Anthony, Anthony Fauci says other than Anthony. I, I think. was just going to say, anyway. Anthony cares a lot about what Anthony Fauci has to say. <laughs> yeah, so if he points that little finger at him one more time, I'm, or me one more time, I'm going to cut it off. <laughs> you got a permit for that? I do. Yeah, you probably need a permit to carry a knife over there, too, right? Actually, no, you don't. Uh, the, Not yet. The, we did pass the switchblade rule, so we have switchblades back in Illinois now, so that's fine over with for a couple of years. Wow. But uh, anyhow, uh, so we have we have all this going on, and they're working hard to catch up on the concealed carry permits. And uh, so I, I judge a lot of this by the number of people who um, call and complain. And so I haven't had really any complaints uh, <laughs> lately other than people saying they're getting their cards in the mail and that sort of thing. So, you know, during, during the COVID, by the way, they... They told all the the uh, most of the state employees, including state police employees, to go home. So that's one of the things that happened. They were not able to actually issue void uh, cards at home. So uh, there were people working at home, but uh, the staff fell to about five, uh, about fifty percent of normal, and so it was bad, you know. Well, bad, and considering the fact that nationally. We seem to set records every month for background checks, so you know the number of weapons being sold is 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 only increasing. I wonder how they deal with that backlog in Illinois. If you've got to go wait on getting your card to get it renewed or whatever the case may be before you can go to the store to buy a gun, what's it doing to retailers over there? Well, I think retailers are actually doing pretty well. Uh I'm sure there's some that are not doing well, but there's some that are doing very, very well because uh, the supplies are up. But you got to remember that in those background checks, you go through a void card background check every night if you're a void card holder. Yeah. So that's what drives those numbers up. But they're not, you know, they're misleading. And the same is true if you have a concealed carry permit. So, Annie, you got both, right? Yes, I do. Well, I'm comforted that you go through two background checks every night. I was kind of worried about you, but I feel better now. <laughs> well, lots of people are worried about me. I probably need more identification than just those two. I think so, too. Probably another ID card would be good. Let's, yeah. let's propose it. <laughs> I'm always watching what they're going to come up with next in Illinois. You know, I know the national argument has been about ghost guns. I saw yeah. where in the state of Illinois they've now... Uh, ban the sale of ghost guns in Illinois. Um, is this, well, they, this... they haven't exactly banned the sale. They have to be serialized. Okay. But it's not clear on how all that is to be done yet. And uh, the Illinois State Rifle Association is looking into court cases that deal with, uh, with that because the law is extraordinarily vague and who knows what, you know. Yeah. I... So uh, we, we you, you can expect us to... Uh, you're at least probing the possibility of a uh, a court case uh, on that on Good. that law. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I mean, d- d- we're we're talking about something that is got to be such a small percentage of the problem. Yeah. But it sounds scary. Yeah. The handguns that are ravaging Chicago right now are not ghost guns. No, they're not. <laughs> that's not what's well, that's not the cause of crime. No. Well, they they're mostly stolen or illegally purchased. Uh, there might be one or two legal ones in the in the process someplace or other, but the fact is that uh, they are uh, illegal. Ghost guns actually make. Are you ready for this? Point zero three six percent of the crime in Chicago. 
I mean, that. here's the thing about it, Richard. Maybe, maybe you agree or disagree with me, but, I mean, I'm a car enthusiast. I love my cars, but I couldn't build one, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'd, I'd have to go buy one. Mm-hmm. With, guns, with guns, you can buy an 80, 90% lower that's got a serial number on it off the Internet, and you can buy the barrel, and you can try to put it all together, but you still have to have that lower ship to an FFL holder, and have a background check done before you buy it. And then there are the kits you can buy, which are just empty shells of a frame for a gun. Then you have to buy all the parts and put it together. Those are the ghost guns they're talking about. You have to have milling equipment. You have to know what you're doing to build one of these. I just can't envision criminals anywhere taking the time to do that. You think that the criminals in Chicago are not running underground factories uh, with their uh, tools, uh, knowing calculus, geometry, all that kind of stuff. I, I, come on. Oh, come yeah. on. I, you know, these are very educated criminals we have here. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, the whole thing's ludicrous. It's crazy. But it's the reason that they, that they want serialized guns is because they want to register them. That is what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Richard, I have a question. When it comes to crime, I, I we see down here in, in southern Illinois when state politics are discussed, crime is always really high on the list, if not the first thing that a lot of people on the Republican side of the aisle will uh, issue as, like, the main issue on the taxpayer, the voters' mind in the state of Illinois. But that really does seep out of Chicago because we downstate Illinois, a lot of us are probably packing heat a little with a little more frequency than maybe the people up north are and we have concerns that are outside of just the crime issues i'm curious how much of chicago crime actually seeps into how we have state laws when it comes to all of the restrictions and the regulations on our second amendment rights as illinois well, residents it, it, it has a big effect on those laws because if you look at any law that these uh, people have passed uh, over the protests of people in Southern Illinois, most, both Republicans and Democrats, mm-hmm. is that they're actually attacking law-abiding gun owners about a crime issue that law-abiding gun owners have nothing to do with. Right. right. Trying so, to pass so, more laws that criminals are going to also not follow. Right. I know. I'm sure. I hear. I. I am shocked. I thought they would read the law every day. And say, <laughs> oh my God. We got to stop murdering people. We got to stop selling drugs. We didn't know it was illegal, but apparently not. It's not the way it works. No, I'm not surprised at all. Just like taxation and everything else, right? I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff flows uh, from Chicago uh, down down the pike. Uh, what what do you? What's the next? What's the the next big battle uh, for you guys in Illinois? Looking ahead, Richard. Uh, well, there's a couple things that we're looking at. One is the combining of the boards of uh, the the Foyd Card Appeal Board and the ICCL Appeal Board. Uh, they both now have boards, but we are uh, looking at that law. We're not necessarily opposed to that board as long as it works, but like the ICCL board, you, there's no that doesn't work. So if it doesn't work, why have it? Right. You know, and so the way the law reads now, the superintendent of the Illinois State Police makes all these, handles all the appeals on... Uh, on the void cards that people have been rejected or whatever. Well, there's no possible way a human being, one human being can do that, particularly the governor, because the law specifies the governor. So 
there needs to be another way to do it. But the, if there's going to be another way to do it, let's at least make it work right. You know? Mm. I know it's unusual for something in Illinois to work right, but we're going to take a shot at it. It's great. You got time for one more question for me? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Richard, you know, I recently purchased, we purchased four 22s of different um, likes. And one of the main reasons was we want to get our kids educated and comfortable knowing how to be around guns and how to fire guns. And when I am talking to other people in the state of Illinois who are around me, family members who maybe have not been exposed to guns, but are, as you said earlier uh, in this conversation, you know, there are people and business is booming in Illinois. Unfortunately, the crazier things go, uh, that's that's usually good for the gun the gun shops. What's your suggestion? Because there are so many barriers between somebody, maybe a mom, thinking, you know, I'd like to be able to level the playing field if I'm home with my kids and something happens here and my husband's gone. I'd like to be able to handle myself and protect my family. But Illinois has all these regulations in, in place and there's so many hoops that you have to jump through. C- give some first steps to those people who might not be exposed to it yet, but need to be as far as doing that in the state of Illinois? Well, the uh, for anyone, including uh, ladies, uh, single ladies, whatever it turns out to be, or single men for that matter, the first thing you do if you don't know anything about it is to go get a basic firearms course. And learning about firearms is like building a concrete uh, block house. You have to start with the first concrete block and keep going. Uh, or the house won't be completed. So you can't possibly know everything the first time around. Uh, I have a, uh, a, a student that's long gone from uh, my uh, tutelage, but I started her out uh, very basically, and right now she has just completed her 10th firearms course. Wow. Nice. Uh, this was a woman who was uh, um, taken captive, beaten, strangled, and all the other stuff oh. for two days. And so um, so uh, she was uh, timid, afraid, and uh, that doesn't mean that she's not – that means now that she's not timid and afraid. It doesn't right. mean she's not cautious. Sure. Right. But, uh, but anyway. She's prepared. That's, that's fantastic, it's, and it's good advice. Richard uh, Pearson, listen, uh, always great having you on here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, and uh, thank you for all you do over there in the state of Illinois for Second Amendment. Well, if you're from the state of Illinois and getting this broadcast, please join, because it takes a lot of, a lot of people to fight these crazy things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. What's the uh, website? Can you tell us? Uh, www.isra.org. Isra.org. Ex- excellent. Richard Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Nice Thank talking you, to you. Yeah, yeah. We'll have you, have you on again soon. We appreciate All that. Right. Always always good to get Richard on here. It's good All stuff. Right. Good advice. Annie, thank you so much for being part of the show today. It's been a pleasure. We love that. I'm going to work on uh, lowering my voice next time I come like back. Bo to Bo Matthews. I'll just you know, seamlessly fit in for Next Bo. time Mark's not here, you could fill in for both. <laughs> <laughs> We love to pull that off. I love this. You just bought four guns. Mm -hmm. That's outstanding. Mm -hmm. You handed one to each of the kids and training them, or what are you doing here? Molly's a little young, isn't she? Couple of the kids. Never too early to start. (laughs) She can't walk. She can't walk yet, but we're going to hand her a gun. That's fantastic. Yeah, it it, it's been fun, and and you know, like I've said, their experience with them has been interesting and eye opening, and they've enjoyed it. 
Good for you. That's fantastic. Well, listen, we appreciate you filling in this week. Thank Bo you. Matthews will be back with us uh, next week for the next episode of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Carl, thank you. You're welcome. Pew, we'll pew. see you next week. See you, boys. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.